Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It is the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished to God. It's your boy, D-Flo. And this is episode 104. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? We, we here. fucking four, son. We here again. <laughs> it's another week. How, how y'all gentlemen's doing? I had to put the S on it. Gentlemen's. Um, yeah. I'm doing better than most. Yeah. I'm doing better than most people. I think it's better than most. That's that's a very arrogant thing. So I've never heard you say such arrogance before. Um, <laughs> said doing better than I'm, most. I'm pretty sure I've said worse. I'm pretty sure I've said worse. Nigga said I'm doing better than most. Son. I'm, I think you know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm feeling the same way. So I'm doing better than most. So. It's been a, it's been a very, it's been, I've been pretty much chilling for the day. So been just relaxing. So uh, anybody have an all man moment? Uh, mm, nah. I don't have an all man. I, I have more of a. I have more of an understanding. Um, there's some people in my life that have a hard time admitting when they're wrong. I feel like I've come a very long way in being brutally honest. Combat Jack voice, R.I.P. Um, and very transparent, um, some random white girl's voice, but I'm here. Um, and when I tell people something that's very accurate, it's hard for them to take it and be like, you're correct. Instead, they'll be like, I'll get back to you. Just say that you're wrong. And this is what happens when you work for the employer that I work for. Some shit happened a few weeks ago. He fucked up. He didn't admit that it was an error. Instead, he said he'll get back to me. I hit his black ass up today. The nigga goes, oh, that was approved, Mr. Gray. When, nigga? I sent this email on the 21st of August. It is now September 14th. What in the fuck are you talking about? He was like, yeah, it was approved already. You, you didn't get it? No, I didn't get it. But you know what? It's hard for you to admit you're wrong. Because you're in a salary where you think that you've hit the maximum amount of money that you can get in this life. And that's perfectly fine. You settled. You settled. But my man, this nigga been getting certifications left and right. We got a test coming up next week. We going to pass that. And then I'm going to give y'all niggas my deuces. Because y'all not going to give me what I want after I get the certifications. You know, it's one thing to be like, you're in an entry-level position, fellas, and you're at a job. 
And then you find out what you need to do to move up. So I found out what I needed to do to move up. You know, I've been doing that for the last few months. I've been going back to the school. I've been paying for the courses. I've been taking them, been studying and passing left and right, passing shit. And then you, you know deep down inside, even when you get all the certifications, when you present it to your job, they're not going to want to give you what they know you're worth at this point because they're intimidated, because they're scared, because they really know if we put this nigga in any type of man, uh, managerial position, he going to be cleaning house. Yes, the fuck I will. So I'm going to take the high road. I'm going to take my beautiful certifications and just go somewhere else. So I have an understanding. All right. <laughs> I hear your rant. <laughs> this cat's rant is always mad funny, son. Listen, oh, for the record, for the record, no job. No job can pay any three of us what we're worth. For the record. Proceed. For the record. Um, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Sure. For the record. Uh, it depends. I think it depends on, on what the job is, is asking and what the skill set is. But the money think- XAB will always uh, make our freedom suffer. That's what I really mean. I'm choosing freedom over any salary. I'm sorry. My freedom over any salary. I mean, I think that's with anything in life. Nah, I think some people are willing to settle, bro. I think some people are like, you know what? Fuck my freedom. No, I'm going to take this what, money. What I mean by that is no matter what you do, if you're an entrepreneur, you work for somebody, whatever, your freedom is going to be given up to some extent because we live in a capitalistic society. So there's an equivalent exchange. You got to give up some freedom in order to get what you desire out of it. It's just a matter of do you want to play by a system in a rule book or do you want to be trying to create the rule book? But we'll be more happy. We, I can't speak for nobody else. I can't even speak for some of our listeners. Some of our listeners, some of them. We would be more happy brothers. If we woke up every fucking day, did one episode every day. That's seven episodes for the week. D flows no longer having to edit and fix it. And we doing other shit. And we have other people to do that. The only ones that would have to, at that particular moment in time, to be giving up their freedom is the people that now are working under us. And then at some point, when we get bigger, then we can manipulate their time as well so that they can have more of their free time. I'm not willing to stay at a job for no type of bread because I know it's not going to be the same as what this freedom, this is going to give us. I think what it is, I'm I'm stuck on the freedom aspect of it. I uh, agree with you that you shouldn't stay at a, a, you should, no one should ever stay in a space where they are unwilling to grow and, and they are not going to be able to make an amount of money that they want to sustain their life. If you're not able to, to break down any type of cap, you need to be uh, attempting to get away from that. But I just think that there's a misconception in believing that the more money or the more ownership you have, the more freedom you have with that. Because I think that that's not necessarily the case. It all depends on what you consider freedom to be. If you consider freedom to be do- waking up and doing something that you love um, and that doesn't necessarily feel like you're going to a job, then sure. But at the end of the day, if you got to wake up and do something in order to make money come in, 
then you're not really free. Yeah, I was I was about to say that as much as I would love to do, I mean, I kind of do what I love to do for a living already, but my perception of having freedom is me waking up and making whatever beats I make and then the beats just, I have some next nigga selling the beats for me. And I just literally get to be a creative. At that point, then I would be like, yeah, I'm kind of living the dream at that point where I could just be like, yeah, I'm going to make this beat and I'm going to send it to my agent and this nigga finna shop this beat for me and the money just comes in mm-hmm. when the fuck it comes in. And at that point, there's no pressure, there's no deadlines, there's no, oh, it has to be done by this time frame. Because even that, when you're an entrepreneur, there's deadlines. You're still, you're not answering to someone who's supervising you, but you're answering to your clients. And who, because you're still working for someone, it's just that you're doing and supplying a service. You feel me? So to me, the people who have it the best are the people like if you're an author and you're, you're writing a book, there's no pressure to write this book, but you wrote it and then you give it to your publisher and they put it out. You did your creative aspect and now you're going to co- collect residual income. Well, there's still and, pressure because if you don't get that book out in two to three years, your money drying up. and you That's that, true, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That like, is true. But it's, it's, still, uh, it's still one of those things where it's not as... It's not as demanding as the publisher coming to you and be like, hey, we need a book in six months. And now you're sitting there trying to scramble an idea versus you naturally coming up with this concept and you taking your time to write it. You're going to have a, a time clock in your head because you know your bank account and you know what you need to do to make sure you can sustain your lifestyle. But it's a much different pressure to me, at least, because it's easier for me to just be, like I said, to create and be that creative and just, you know, freely create versus someone hitting me up and be like, hey, I need a beat and I have a two week deadline and I need these songs mixed and I need da 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 da. Now I'm, I'm stuck with a deadline. I can't, there's no wiggle room because the deadline has to be met or else I could lose the job or they will, they'll pay me this one time, but they will never hire me again. So, you know, and it's just, it's no different than owning a restaurant or doing any of these things. It's still supply and demand thing even though you're an entrepreneur there's still a supply and demand chain yeah and that's still where pressure comes in yeah because what you're talking about is the upper echelons of exclusivity that's like you're so exclusive people are waiting for your next move that's 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 jay-z versus uh let's say wale where wale is more like you need to deliver something because technically, Wale's doing what he wants to do, right? But at the same time, he's still going to get demanded. Um, you need to put out an album to fill, fulfill this contract, and it needs to make these numbers. So you still need to work the album X, Y, and Z, as opposed to Jay-Z is at a point where it's like every his he's created his own demand. So if he wants to make an album, he can make an album. If he doesn't want to make an album, he doesn't have to. But that's like the top echelon of of exclusivity you have to like really really build a lot of brand um buy-in for people to get to that level of you just when you wake up and you want to do it is when is when the value Shit, is attached to it also have the amount of money that the nigga could be like if i don't feel like working today i could take the day off or like, residual when you get to resi- that re- yeah. that residual level. oh yeah residual income is and when you have it coming in from so many different avenues, that's where it gets really exciting, where it's just like, well, I have 
eight different checks coming in from eight different places and they're all bringing in a bag that I can't have no that I have no complaints about that way it's like you'll continue doing because at the end of the day if you're a hustler and if you're a worker you're a worker you you like to get up and make moves you like to get up and make moves that's never going to change so that desire to get up and be creative is never going to change the difference is when you decide that you want to take a break everything doesn't fall apart that's where the difference comes in and that to me i could live that lifestyle i could live a lifestyle where i like to work i like to be creative i like to do certain things but if i know that yo i need to take two weeks off i ain't gonna sit here and be like damn yo i can't really take this two weeks off because i need to make this money right now i gotta do that like that to me is where or if you want to take a month off it's not a hassle you could take that month off and you could just literally shut shit down and just focus on relaxing. I think the goal is always to get to a space where there's less of a middleman to your money. So I think I think we can all agree on that. The, we we all desire to get to a space where um, there's no middleman called a supervisor, no middleman called a CEO boss, no middleman called manager, whatever the case is, that is in between you and your money. And however that manifests that. itself is is how it manifests itself because at the end of the day, like we all said, there, nine times out of ten, there's someone that you're answering to. Uh, it just may not be in the form of that person being deemed or dictated as your supervisor, but at the end of the day, if you don't fulfill the obligations... You still don't you don't get paid. <laughs> so that is a fact. So there's still that connection there. But um, me getting to my paper, me doing whatever service and getting paid directly for it goes back to distinguish this point in terms of any job or situation that we're currently attached to or have been attached to in the past. All of the traits, characteristics and uh abilities that everyone has you don't get you never get compensated for everything that you bring to a job and that's especially on a lower level end of it whether you're frontline facing or you're even in a managerial position i think managerial position to be honest is probably the worst because you're like in the middle of having a bunch of skills that are being demanded on but you get a salary cap and you don't necessarily get compensated for all the things that you're demanded on. If they know you could make graphics, now all of a sudden it's your job to make graphics when that isn't your job. That's not in your job description. But because you're the manager, you're supposed to do everything you can to make X, Y, and Z work. So it, it ends up being a, a double-edged sword. Um, but yeah, no, no particular, because if you work in, let's say you work at McDonald's, but you're really good at branding on Instagram. McDonald's can't pay you. You're you're being paid as a fry cook. They're not gonna pay you for that for that internet branding that you might be doing f- to a franchise McDonald's in Ohio, and that's making people from out of state stop at that McDonald's. They're not gonna pay that you for that. That is a fact. That you is know? a fact. That's just gonna be considered part of your job. So. Definitely that getting point is all dubs. Getting that uh out of here. Uh Flo, you got any any all man? Um no, nah, none that I'm gonna share on the podcast. But 
I'm just glad and I'm in good spirits. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive and just trying to do what I gotta do, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I should share this <laughs> this old man moment. <laughs> I really I don't know if it's a good idea, y'all. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. If 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 you're convinced <laughs> it's not a good idea, my nigga. I'm not I'm it. not convinced it's not a good idea, but it's it's uh, distinguished knows what I'm talking about. And it's a lot. It's a lot going on there. I actually don't know what uh, the fuck you're talking about. That's why I got the dumb sp- face on. I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> we about. spoke about this earlier this week. Oh, this week. Okay. You, you still well, nigga, don't, know? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, nigga. So I, I still got that. I still got the shame. Put it in my face. <laughs> uh, face on. So I don't. Bro, we had a whole conversation through voice notes about what happened to me on Monday. Oh yeah, you should definitely share that. Fuck it, it's that. I don't, I don't, I don't know, dogs, because I don't want, I don't want a, anything to get misconstrued. I don't want anybody to 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 think, uh, outside of, <laughs> outside of what happened. You know, what I mean, think that, and we just gonna leave it alone. Maybe next week. Maybe next week we talk about it. <laughs> See, if it was me, niggas would have put me on the spot. But okay, because it's niggas, no, nigga, you, you know, put no, yourself no. on the spot. You put Fuck yourself here, on the spot. Fuck out of here, bro. You put yourself on the spot. Listeners, I want you to roast this nigga when this episode drops. <laughs> listeners, this nigga go will to be the like, comment so, section. First of all, this nigga just type a nigga to be be like, should I tell her? And the little distinguishing is he'll be like, say your name. Nigga says the name. None of us said it. The little distinguish in the back of his head said it. And then then he'll just be all right. So fellas, he'll be like, nigga, nobody asked you all of that, bro. You could have left it where it was at. This is dad has some bow ties. We don't leave anything where it's at anymore. We just (laughs) we just we just we just free nilly with it, nigga. We pop wheelies on this shit. So I, I just gotta find the best way to articulate this story without it uh coming off. As if it's anything uh, where a community or a group of people could get offended. Listen, and you are not, not perfect. It's going to come out the way it come out. Nah, I'm not. See, that's the difference. I'm not trying <laughs> to run them unnecessary risks, sir. <laughs> Listen. I got love for everybody. I see the world. <laughs> I see the world that we live in. And they want everybody to be politically correct. We live in a very politically incorrect world. This is I true. Mean, it's the world listen, that we live in. They say we, one thing on right TV. Now, honestly, it's another thing. Fuck it, X. Say it. You know what? We we're <laughs> being offended every day. Oh, so we're not doing that. Whoever, <laughs> whoever we offend right now, underpaid. On the I, know, I, I, I would hope not to offend nobody. Undervalued, unappreciated. Undervalued. Every day, flow. Every day. Everybody, all of these other people out here are unapologetic. Listen. So why the fuck? <laughs> listen. Don't bite your tongue for niggas, nobody, bro. Niggas don't even use Tory Lane's name anymore. They calling that nigga by his government now. <laughs> so we in a different space. We in a different space now. All I'm saying is I know you two, and this story can go left with me presenting it because I know you two. I'm not going <laughs> to say nothing then. I swear on my grandmother's grave. Tell the story. I'm not going to say nothing. It, it, I'm not going to be... I'm slightly going to be biased. I'm going to say that now. I don't, I on my grandmother's grave, I'm not going to say anything. All right. Fuck it. So I'm only going to go into the story because I think it can be a teachable moment I, I'm, for some... I mean, you know what I'm going to do, La? I'm going to do something. Enough. I'm going to even turn my mic off. This nigga going to mute himself. Perfect. This could be a teachable moment 
uh, for for people. So before the pandemic hit, one of my friends and I had a conversation. It was a female friend of mine. Um, and I don't know how we even got on this topic, but we got on the topic about apps like Tinder and Black and all those other uh, match matching apps. And she was like, yeah, yo, you should get one of those apps. And I was like, I don't do the online dating one and I'm cool off that. Like, that's not my thing. And she was like, nah, don't get it to date nobody, but it's fun. Like, those apps are fun. So I was like, I guess, my nigga, I, I guess they're fun. Um, and I remember back in like two, I don't remember when Tinder came out. I was like 2014, 15, whatever. Uh, my homeboy had told me to get Tinder. We got, I, we got Tinder at the same time. We had it for like about a month. And then we stopped fucking with it. Like, not, again, it wasn't even on some trying to date anybody off of it. Uh, at least I wasn't. But it was just fun to see who you can match with X, Y, and Z. So I was like, all right, fuck it. You know what? It's quarantine. Uh, this should be interesting. So I had reinstalled Tinder and Black. I, I, I installed Black for the first time on my phone. Now, first couple of months of it, it was great in terms of fun. N- nigga was not dating nobody off of no, again, no apps. I don't do that. Sorry. But it seemed like everybody was on the same page. If you match with somebody, you have like a little decent conversation. Yo, what's going on? Nothing. Chilling. Da, 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 da. Hope you good. Staying cool in the quarantine. Be safe. Da, 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 da. That's how almost every conversation went. Uh, about a month ago, uh, this account matches with me and it's a bad chick look like she's a model uh, a, a bottle girl so off rip ladies and gentlemen if you are on these apps you must understand that if it looks too good to be true it is don't ever think that if the nigga got a 32 pack or the chick look like she belong in starlets that you are the man or the woman and you have attracted uh, Adonis or fucking Venus. All right. You didn't do that. Nine times out of ten is some suspect shit going on. All right. Now. So I match with this profile. I know it's fake. Me. This guy. I, I know. His, I, I know there is something up with this profile. So I'm not really entertaining it. So the profile hits me up. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, what's good? And mind you, this is a bottle girl looking chick hitting me up first. So off rip, I don't have the ego. I don't have distinguishes ego to think that I am that nigga that a bottle chick girl is going to hit me up first. That's not that's not me. So I already am looking at again. I already knew the profile. Someone's up with it. But that added to it. So it's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, what's good? They proceed to be like, yo, where you live? So I'm like, Brooklyn. So they like, okay, cool. So do I. I live in Clinton Hill. So I'm like, okay. Then uh, they asked me something else. And then I, I, I answered it. And then I asked them, 
how has quarantine been treating you? Because I've been asking everybody, how's quarantine been treating you? And they said, how big are you? Now, (laughs) at that moment in time, I decided that I needed to hit the eject button. So I got the fuck up out of there. I didn't answer the question. Something was up. We know what time it is. Bye-bye. Earlier this week, the same profile hits me up again. And it says, yo, let me get your number because these apps are mad slow. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have already expressed to y'all that I, me, this guy, (laughs) this guy over here, am not falling for no dumb shit. So I say, yo, nah, send me your IG, fam. They proceed to send me the IG account name. The name was super crazy. So I'm laughing all the way to the bank now. I already know, like, this is about to be some wild shit. But I'm just hoping it's not that wild. I'm I'm thinking it's probably a busted chick that knows she a little, you know what I mean? She 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 knows she a little bit like on the spectrum of bustedness, and she just don't wanna expose that until the last minute because of maybe being uh swiped right on all the time. So I go to the profile. The profile has no pictures on it except for one. That says Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so I proceed to go. Hey, yo, fam. <laughs> hey, yo, home slice. <laughs> why do you only have one picture? <laughs> so why did I fucking say that? <laughs> so I get a picture sent to me. Now, this is where shit goes left for me for this guy for some people this would have been great for them but me <laughs> I, let, let me be very clear this guy okay i am built a certain type of way which i will say in a second and it is not to offend anybody but again i think this is a teachable moment and we're going to get to that in a second so i get a picture sent to me it's an ass shot But the face and the head, everything above the shoulders is cut off. So it is a back, an ass, and thighs in the picture. Something looked a little off, ladies and gentlemen. Something looked a little off. So at that point, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I I said, why do you have why don't you have pictures on your on your account? And the first thing you do is send me an ass shot? This is fucking nuts. So as I'm proceeding to, again, hit the eject button, I get hit with four more pictures and a paragraph, which read, I am a sweet boy. I am a sweet, soft boy that likes to get fucked like a woman. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to repeat it for y'all. I am a sweet, soft boy. You need to see D-Flow's face right now. I am a sweet, soft boy who likes to get fucked like a woman. Now, ladies and gentlemen, those in in my LGBTQ community, you know I love y'all, but I have expressed time and time again, 
I am a straight male. All right. I I don't have any issues with anybody. But unsolicited ass pics. And, and the first one was already, you know what I mean? Like I felt, I, I, under, I, I truly understand how these women, <laughs> I truly understand this nigga flow. I, I'm sorry, bro. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold on for saying anything. So I, I truly understand I know, so. how how some of our women listeners feel when they get that unsolicited dick pic. Like it does not feel good at all. No way, no shape, no form. This nigga sent his ass and then proceeded to send four more pics of him bent over, ass spread, dick hanging. And I'm like, yo, nobody asks for none of this. So, of course, me being cordial, I say, sorry, I'm not gay. You want to know what this nigga tells me? This nigga tells me you don't have to be. <laughs> this nigga t- <laughs> nah, you know what? I don't. I don't need this. I'm flow. not gonna say nothing. I, I don't need this. This flow. <laughs> oh, this nigga though. tells me I don't need to be gay to want to indulge in his, I guess, sweet, soft, whatever the fuck he was selling. Okay. Now, I'm already a little disturbed because again, I'm. I my orientation is straight. Dumb pictures did. Nothing for me but make my stomach turn because I don't want to see ass and dick thrown at me, especially unsolicited, which it will always be unsolicited because I am straight. But cool. Shit is in there. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not gay. They tell me I don't have to be. And then I tell them, well, let me make it clear for you. I only like female women and then i said i hope you find what you're looking for and at that point in time they said okay now ladies and gentlemen why i say this is a teachable moment and i know that we are a silly podcast at times but i do really think this is a teachable moment um because one catfishing is a real thing and there are people who were actually would actually be invested in that meetup or in that said situation. There are people who would have saw the picture of the girl, got their hopes up, got their feelings up, thought that they were about to meet the girl of their life and would have either sent their phone number when they were accessing their phone number or tried to link up because I think the profile tried to meet with me at one point, tried to link up with the person because they were willing to to meet up and then proceeded to go to whatever link spot and I presume end up meeting a male or or maybe possibly uh, go there and no one's there type of situation and then proceed to get irate, then proceed to get aggressive, then proceed to act out of character. And although I never condone that type of behavior, I can see that being the case when, again, someone is acting as if they are 
quote unquote a woman and then they turn out to be a gay man who is looking to have some type of sexual intercourse with another man. Again, I don't really care what what you consider your orientation to be. I don't care what you like. If you like it, I love it. But those type of situations are definitely dangerous, I think, for everybody involved. And I just want to put it out there that that is not the way to go at all. Uh, because someone you someone runs the risk of getting hurt, whether it's you thinking you, you about to go there and then you see this dude and you try and fight him um, and you beat him up or he beats you up. Somebody going to get hurt <laughs> in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So I just uh, want to use this as a teachable moment. It was funny as hell up until the fucking uh, four ass shots was thrown in my in my inbox. I really I really didn't appreciate I really didn't appreciate that. So again, it made me have I mean, I always all my female friends tell me about like, yeah, unsolicited dick pics is really crazy. It's nuts. It's disgusting. But I really felt whatever emotion that I think they feel is what I felt when I got unsolicited fucking ass shots thrown in my DM. But um, yeah, that was my all-man moment for the week. And we are uh, an hour into the showdown. Um, Distinguished, you can turn your camera and your, your uh, mic back on. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> gotta be you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Better you than me, bro. Better you than me, son. Listen, I'll take that. I don't know. I, hey, you know, I, I'm I, probably, I, I'm probably this. Maybe distinguished might have me a little edged out, but I'm probably the nicest one out of the three of us for that type of interaction to happen to. Yeah, I would have been. I personally, I don't think I would have reacted crazy. I would just block them right then and there. Oh yeah, they definitely got removed. But uh, definitely would have gotten blocked. I would have been like, oh, after after you know did a slight did a slight turn up for a hot second, just because it's not it's not a matter of the the sexual orientation, as much as the cat the blatant catfishing, it's just like come on, yo, it's like it's like yeah, like that's that, that's it's to the letter catfishing. Yeah, it's like come on, yo, like you're doing a bit much, and I and I agree what you said, like. That's how things turn ugly. Like, that's how things turn really... People end up in really precarious situations where you might pull up to a situation and this person is there pretending to be another person. It's one thing to be another person, but to be a whole different sex and then try to catfish you blatantly even though they're not even sure of what your sexual orientation is yourself. Oh, no, they know because the way... It, the way so this happened on Black. The, and black has a lot of wild shit. I've been I've been wanting to talk about these fucking ass for a minute, but I've been holding it down. Uh, but the way black is designed is in the beginning, you pick what you're interested in, and then so you you pick. You know, for me, it was all females. Um, then there's males. Um, I don't know if they have a non-binary, but if they but don't, see, the th- act that's should. what I'm talking about. That's blatant. So. That exactly. person signed up as a female, as a female seeking a man, and that's the type of walkie shit that I'm talking about. Well, they signed up as just... a female and put a female pit. Yeah, so it wasn't even on some like 
because there's some they they have there has been uh profiles that popped up where it was like a a dude or some shit like that but it would say female or whatever so i'm assuming in in those cases that's uh, a man who identifies as a female uh or as a woman rather but um, even with that i feel like you gotta be and i know this is a little bit of a controversial thing but I feel like we have to, you have to set the record straight. At the end of the day, if you're identified as a transsexual, then make that the reality. What like, is it, what is this naked distinguished doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you you have to be blatant about it because at, le- at least until those apps find a better way of of integrating yeah. that type of situation because. This is the life we're stuck in right now. This is the current sense of what the community is. So at the end of the day, we all know there's people out there, there's men who identify as women, women who identify as men. Cool. Nothing is wrong with that. But if I'm on a dating app, as a fucking dating app, you have to have some level of clarity. That way, if I'm out there looking for someone, if, if I'm out there looking for a trans man or a trans woman, cool then that's what i'm out there looking for right but to get catfished on the app by someone by a man pretending to be a woman on the app i'm not talking about what you choose to do behind closed doors or what you walk around in society as but an app to try to trick me a straight man well i I think that that's the point mm -hmm. right there you're trying to trick somebody that like you know the conversation oftentimes is like it gets a little dicey when certain people say like, oh, so-and-so um, who identifies as X, Y, and Z tried to trick me or or tried to persuade me and I didn't know that that's what they identified as or whatever the case is. And that's not what they, what they, they're not who I thought they were. Cool. Understood. But on like, there may be some form of miscommunication. There may not be. That might have been the intent. But on an app, when you put up a profile that is clearly not who you are and then you do everything outside of your your means out of the ordinary just to make sure that this person doesn't know who you are until the last second then you're you're being very deceitful and it's it's very it's it can almost be predatory it is predatory it it is kind of predatory bro it is to me it's predatory and you're just setting yourself up for because i feel that's super risky because you don't know what that person's reaction is going to be and uh, honestly part of me felt like it could have been a setup you know nowadays how people roll and if if i'm over here thinking it's a woman or whatever and i'm sitting typing certain things back like yeah let's do this yeah i'm trying to meet up da 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 and then they got all this text history and then they switch their shit and they're like, yeah, but I'm a nigga. So, you know, if you don't want this shit out here, then um, I need X, Y, and Z. Or or now nah, you really got to meet up with me or whatever the case is. Certain people could be putting some Scamming. weird. Scam. I mean, I got a question, Zen. And I, I think we spoke about it once. Well, what happens when you meet uh, 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 a woman in the club and... Y'all been vibing the whole night, and before she leaves, 
and this is the ideal situation. We're not talking about what typically happened. I'm talking about a more ideal circumstantial situation where before y'all leave, she's like, I was a man or I was a boy. Well, for me, um, we could be friends. We could be cool, but that is not what I'm looking for. So at the end of the day, I don't care how I think. So I think that this is an important discussion. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday about it. I think where men get it twisted is attractiveness versus orientation, right? There are plenty of trans women, and and I think Distinguish, I put that picture in the chat um, before where it was like a bunch of trans women who had their bodies done to the point where like they was rivaling some of the the, the Scarlet's girl, the Starlet's girls. Attractiveness. You can be attracted to a particular person based off of their physical features being presented to you. And I know a lot of men probably get insecure about that, the fact that they could find themselves attracted to a, a trans woman. But the actual reality of the case is that is a possibility. If that plastic surgery is done immaculately, a lot of times a lot of men don't know the difference. And that is okay. Like attract you may find yourself attracted because it's not necessarily you saying that you're attracted to this orientation, you are attracted to what's being presented in front of you and what you are perceiving that to mean for you. Now, orientation is what you are, what you want to be dealing with, what you're orientated as. If you're straight, you may not want to deal with somebody because it's a spectrum to, uh, in in some some realms, they look at it more as a spectrum than it being this linear um, left or right thing. So cool. If it's a if it's a spectrum, a lot of people who consider themselves straight want to deal with a woman who considered who had who is a female who was born a female. They are not willing to, or they're not interested rather in participating in sexual acts or building a relationship with. Uh, a woman who used to be uh, a male. And I think that that has to be okay too. I don't think people should be demonized for that being their preference and that being, and them being orientated uh, in a, in being straight and being, and that being what they desire. So I think that that's what it is. And some people would debate on, well, if they are now a woman, it's still straight. But as I stated before, I think most men who consider themselves straight, when they say that, they have a um, natural female in mind when they think about the women that they desire. Now, there's people, again, on the straight spectrum that may be more willing to be like, if they look like a woman, then I'm willing to deal with them in any in romantic realms and physically. But I feel like at least most of the the men in my circle that I know personally feel like when they say that they're straight and what they they're orientated to like as a straight man is a female. I've I, you know I I was out of it you know 
No, that was our, our listeners D, have been spared. D, D Flow uh, raised the question of if you meet a young woman in the club, y'all vibing the whole night, and then at the end of the night, the young lady says to you, um, I just want to let you know that I was born a male and I am now a woman. Um, what would you do in terms of your attraction towards her? Like, what is that? How do, does that continue? Does it end? Do we want the real answer or the funny answer? Because the funny answer might be the real answer. I don't. I don't want your funny answer because your funny answers are. Uh, <laughs> the funny answer might be the real answer. Right, your cool. funny answers can be misconstrued. So. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Nigga, answer the fucking question, bro. Talking about you plead the fifth. I, I, I plead if the fifth. I could answer the question, said X answered the question, you gotta answer the question. Distinguished don't feel like it. I distinguished pleads the fifth. <laughs> Out of all the walkie pataki shit you don't told us about on this fucking show, you don't want to answer <laughs> a question about whether or not you finna take home a lady who used to be a man? Third time. Distinguish in third person <laughs> pleads the fifth. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. Listen, I'm already speculating things, but (laughs) Summer Walker in London broke up this week and then got back together. Isn't this like the seventh time they broke up, son? It has to been at least seven times, bro. I'm not with the breakup to makeup shit. I don't know how y'all feel about breaking up to makeup. I don't know if y'all ever done that before. Um, I ain't with the breakup to makeup shit. I feel like you either power out through it or you keep it pushing. And for me, it's like publicly. Like they did all this public shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I think internally yeah. in relationships, you go through your squabbles where you don't fuck with each other for a few days in in the relationship without it being public. Like, yo, I ain't fucking with you right now. And, and y'all might not talk or deal with each other for a little bit. But to go publicly, put a breakup sign, you know, say that you're broken up. I don't even believe in the argument becoming public in general. I'm not a fan of those type of things. So I don't even like subs. Like, that's the type of shit that would piss me off personally. Like, if, if if my woman is doing subs on, on online, if if it's small subliminal things that could be kind of either way be perceived... Then that's one thing, but when it's direct subs, I have an issue with that personally. I don't, I don't like those type of things. Uh, yeah, I feel like I have moved away from trying to, especially if it was done on a public platform or done publicly. I'm, I'm done with the idea of, like, if you're gonna say something about what our situation is no longer publicly, and then make it seem like you made a mistake. I mean, I've already had something like that similarly happen to me this year and I wasn't even I wasn't even in a relationship with this person and they just made themselves seem crazy and now making it seem as though I lost something when all three of us know this nigga here dodged a bullet. <laughs> yes, sir. So I'm cool what off a- that. I'm good off. What about uh immature moves in a relationship at this age like how would y'all deal with what you deem to be immature like a sub like y'all said or or uh this 
breaking up and then making a bunch of posts like, oh, uh, don't don't get an apartment with your boyfriend. Uh, you know, I can't believe I, I ever liked this nigga, da, 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 like shit like that. How would you deal with that at this age if you were in a relationship or dating if, somebody? If we rocking heavy, I am not dedicating any energy in trying to explain why I think your movements as a young, sophisticated, articulate, black, intelligent woman I shouldn't have to tell you why I think what you did is petty. If I have to explain mm-hmm. why I was petty, then we need to break up. Because you should know the ramifications of said actions at this stage in the game. I'm 30 now. So, yeah, I would be assuming that I shouldn't have to explain, you know, you tagging me in a post saying, fuck this nigga, he ain't shit. Or writing on your page, which I've seen rather recently, um, aren't ghosts dead? So why are you still looking on my page? If I'm dead, I'm dead to you. Say it with your chest. Well, damn. Um, Yeah, for me, I don't think I could deal with it at this age, to be honest. I don't. I've dealt with it probably as as late as two years or three years ago. Um, And yeah, I just think that at this age, it's kind of like, I'm not the type that wants all this public shit in the first place. Like, I feel like I'm one of those that believes when you invite the public into your relationship, uh, you give them the perception that their opinion matters as to what happens in said relationship. So I feel like once you start putting, especially in that nature, I understand putting up positive things. Oh, we just had a baby or I love my partner. I understand that, especially in this climate where black love is really important to put out there. But um, I also feel like there's something to be said about throwing out immature shit, doing wild things. And then again, that's like another layer of what we have to recover from. And not only is it that we have to go back and repair the original issue, but now I got to come at you about, yo, what was all that shit on on the book that you put? And for me, I'm I realized about myself that I'm not very good at um, taking, oh, I was just in my feelings as a reason. That's not good enough for me. You got to break it down for me as to why you thought while you were in your feelings, that was the best thing for you to do. And nine times out of 10, you know, that wasn't the best thing. You just did it because you were in your feelings. And for me, I'm not very good at uh, internalizing that in a way where I'm like, oh, okay, I understand you were just you were just mad. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think I'll still forgive you if you do that, but I'll always look at it like I know I could never either give you something or leave things around you because then you're going to say, oh, I threw it away, or you're going to say I broke it because mm. I was mad. And I'm going to be looking at you very weird. Like, for real, I'm mm. going to be looking at you very weird. Like, I may not show I'm mad, but I've learned this about me 
and it's been told to me directly more and more, you have a weird self-detachment about you. Like you can self-detach easy. I'm like, yeah, because I'm I'm no longer subscribed to the idea of holding on. If you felt that something I did drove you to the point of breaking something I gave or left with you, or you threw it away, or you discarded it, or you fucked it up in a way where you like disrupted it. You can't just say that was you and your feelings. You really wanted to do that. You really wanted to like try to get at me. You really wanted to get me mad. And when I show you how nonchalant and calm and cool and copacetic I'm about it, that gets you even more mad. That's another thing. I'm ve- <laughs> I'm very much similar in the sense of like <laughs> I'm not very emotional about things. You you can say and do a lot of stuff and I'm just going to be like, okay, cool. And all the whole time in my head, I'm calculating how much I either no longer mess with you or I'm rationalizing that you're upset and you don't mean certain things, so I'm not internalizing it. But yeah, not nah, the same way. I'm going to detach from you because you're teaching me to detach from you when you do things like that. Correct. I can't, I can't take your emotions seriously because they can come out of left field and they can be something that you claim later on you didn't mean. So when you do things like that, you're teaching me detachment from your words because you don't necessarily, quote unquote, mean them right. when you say them. So now I don't have trust in whatever it is you have to say. Right. And I have less trust in you as an individual because you're going off center off of something crazy that we could kind of have a conversation about. But instead of you doing that, your way of of dealing with it, your way of handling it is lashing out, having a temper tantrum, doing some wild shit. And I know sometimes people say, well, you had to have done something. No, 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 no. A lot of that has to do with unresolved trauma. And what you learned was a way to deal with some shit um, that that isn't. But speaking of dealing with shit, apparently Odell Beckham. I just read that. (laughs) I just read it like, wait, what are we talking about? Apparently, Odell Beckham likes to be shat on during sex. Uh, now, what? Kickmaster Flex over here. Is that something that you would be into? You talking about D-Flow or myself? Uh, nigga, you know I'm talking about you. Cut it out. Well, <laughs> I said Kickmaster Flex. I've had somebody shit on me by accident. We all know that in the first episode of Dad Has and Bowties way back in 2016. You guys go. You guys go check back in the archives. Um, but no, uh, after we edit it, because there was some shit he said. <laughs> there was a lot of shit it that needs to be edited out. It was a lot of shit. Like I pulled back. Like I said, I pulled back the condom of shit everywhere. But uh, yeah, um, things I don't look forward to in my life, bro. I, uh, I don't look forward to that. I ain't I've never gotten. I've never gotten shitted on. I never desired to be shot. However, I've definitely given out a few golden showers here and there. <laughs> Listen, I, I ain't I, even mad at you, bro. I part, ain't even mad part, at you. Part, part of me wants to know how it how it ended up in that realm. Part of me doesn't. So I'm just the part of you that wants to. I'm ready to answer any questions you have. No, my that's brother. okay. That's all right. You wasn't ready to answer questions earlier, so fuck that. We're gonna fuck move that. on. We you ain't trying to answer questions 
But my answer would have canceled the podcast. Know. You guys should be thanking me right now. <laughs> exactly. So I don't want. You guys I don't should want, be thanking me. Listen, when it comes when it comes to dad hats and bow ties, <laughs> this is a double edged sword relationship with distinguished because it feels like dad hats and bow ties, and then it's like distinguished. It's like we don't know what he's gonna say today. He could fuck our shit. This nigga just what 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 do you want to talk about? We'll think about it. We'll think about it. So what what we will think about, <laughs> and I'm just going to ask one question regarding Erica Badu helping Tiana Taylor and uh, Iman Shumpert deliver their baby. I want I want to know how blessed do y'all think this baby is? How protected? How many ancestors this baby must have surrounding it? I want to know. This baby came back. This baby was from another realm. The baby's back. The baby's been here, but the baby's coming back. The baby has a mission to fulfill. Um, Erica Badu um, prayed to uh, the, the the mother goddess Oshun, uh, Yamaha, and all those other goddesses, and all those other uh, Spanish speaking uh, countries, uh, all 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 of the Orishas. Um, she probably had on her, uh, her her greatest dashiki yet to come from Ghana. Uh, she probably spoke in tongues and in syllables and in um <laughs> and in uh Max had seven crystals right seven crystals right there boy she she spoke she spoke in a few consonants. She she left out a few vowels. Yeah, she had a whole alphabetic cipher in that motherfucker. Yeah. The baby's the baby beyond blessed. Be very blessed, man. Yeah, the For baby's sure. very blessed. Let, let's see what the new child's name is, because I do not know the child's name. And I pray the name is a right. Re- oh no, 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 no. The name is an interesting. I think the name, if I'm not mistaken, is I think Rue, some shit like that. It's 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 one of them names where it's like, okay, only Tiana by the grace of Erica would name the child this. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, congrats to her and Iman, man. For sure. Uh, Absolutely. Congrats for sure. to them, for sure. Beautiful couple. Yes, we love them, and they're young, and they're still out here thriving, making it happen. Uh, the baby's name That's... is Iman. Iman Jr. Yeah. Yeah? Iman Taylor Shumpert Jr. I could have swore I saw it. They, they, they must be calling the baby a nickname. I could have swore I saw a nickname on the ground. The nickname is Junie. Junie, Junie's the name of her first child. Junior. Okay, Jun- wait. I'm yeah. confused right now. Yeah, Hold J- Junie's the name of the first baby. Uh, Junie was named after the the nail shop in Harlem. Junie Beast. So let me see if I can find an article. Um, pregnancy on And Iman, if you're ever listening to this, we we are all, we're all praying you do not fuck that up. Tiana looks like she is crazy. She's sexy, but she looks crazy. She looks she's the type to cut your dick off when you're taking a shower. She just when you think she's about to hand you the towel, she's cutting your dick off. Oh, it is Rue. Tiana, it's Rue Rose. Rue Rose, there we Tiana, go. Rue Tiana Rose. Taylor seems like the type of chick that would see you sitting on the couch and just decide to fuck you right then and there. Yeah. No questions asked. That too. Is, is, is a, it's an unspoken thing that just probably happens in the household. Like she would see him, see him there. And she'll be like, I hope you're ready, nigga, because it's about to go down yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians look like it's going down as well. Thank God. Uh, supposed, Definitely got canceled. Supposed to be ending. Yeah. But then there's reports that it may start up digitally again. Wait, what? How do y'all feel? Should this shit end or not? Dig- nigga, it's yeah, over. It's, that, this is like the 20th season or some shit like that, bro. It, it's something like that. It's over. How long have they been out? It's like, I think, I think. Nah, They've literally been out since like twenty like, seasons. Oh seven, 
They came out like 07, 06, some shit like that, bro. It's been 14, 15 years, bro. Like, come. I mean, I, I ain't going at this point. It's like a soap opera, to be honest with you. So <laughs> yeah. it's like they kind of like they kind of could go on for another 10 years if they really wanted to. It's just Amer- it's like, when do you not get tired of just watching them live their lives? Yeah, but I been, guess when you it's been out since 07. 07, see? So honestly, bro, I ain't gonna hold you though. Like the other like I told y'all a while back, maybe like earlier in the year, I had watched the episode with Tiff randomly, and it was low-key entertaining. I was just like, hey, this is kind of dramatic. This is like a lot of drama happening here. And it's kind of funny because we have so much drama happening. It's kind of entertaining to know that celebrities have drama too. So um yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not a big fan of the show, so it wouldn't bother me whether or not they come back, but they've had their run. Let's make space for someone else to come out and put out some better content. Yeah, I think it's over. Uh, honestly. Do a uh, shit. Focus on Kylie or whatever. I'll I'll accept that more than than yeah, keeping they up might with have Kardashian. Some spin-offs. That's a fact. They might have some spin-offs. I mean, that's how these things have gone. This Kardashian show is pretty much a spin-off of Paris Hilton. So correct, correct. Yeah, that that's that's how that goes. Well, good luck to them. Uh, Facts. Let's get into this Joe Budden situation. These these uh, there's a lot to unpack here, but I guess we'll we'll leave we'll leave the the Charlemagne versus Joe Budden conversation to when we speak about the Black Effect Podcast Network. Right now. Let's talk a little bit about these audios that seem to be leaking and then the dog comments that happen and then the situation with Sin. Well, I I thoroughly I thoroughly saw the Sin audio. Um I saw I saw that. Um to me, Sin Santana is tired of all of the drama. Um, that has dealt with um, Joseph. That's what she calls him. She calls him Joseph. Um, she does not want to continue to have this conversation. She, in my opinion, for the most part of the video, she defended Joe Budden. She said he's a great father. She said he's a great dad. And the way I interpreted it, because of the way they were coming at him, they were coming at her son. They were coming at his son. They were coming at her family. That's how I interpreted that. Um, my takeaway from it was that Joe said and may have done allegedly some hurtful things to this woman, and that is why they're no longer together. But the general consensus, at least for her, is that if he has to do, if he's doing what he's doing for their son and that's not being affected, and that's all that matters. Um, I don't know about these dog comments, so somebody fill me in. I'll get we'll get there in a second. Flo, how you feel? I I'm on the fence about it. It seems a little sneaky to me. How did that the the audio get leaked in the first place? She said one of her friends, um, but she didn't sure. she didn't say the friend's name. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why was she recording that? Why was she recording the shit in the first place? You feel oh, me? It's yeah, like, I don't know. You feel me? Like, 
And then it's like you record the conversation, but it's suggestive. It doesn't seem like an organic conversation. Like she's saying things that a conversation like that wouldn't be done or be had in that manner, if that makes sense. It's like she purposely was saying certain things to like let him speak up on certain. It was just an awkward conversation. And and at that, for me, it's like, why the fuck were you recording it? And then how did your friend get the how did your friend get the recorded audio? She sent it to her. Exactly. Yeah. If that's the case. That's so, that, that's the only way you're gonna get it from that person's phone. That's the only way. <laughs> it's a little sus to me. I'm not saying that she shouldn't be frustrated about whatever she's going through. Sure, if you don't feel like Joe is doing what he's supposed to be doing, you have all right to be frustrated. But doing that doesn't help the situation either. You feel me? Like doing like I never understood that premise. Why tarnish his reputation is like you want to tarnish his reputation and make people perceive him worse than he's already perceived in certain circles to only fuck up his money more. You fuck up his money. He can't actually do anything more than what he's doing already. If he's doing anything. So why tarnish it? Like that never made sense to me. It's a good I point about the bread. That concept. That's a good point. Why about would you fuck up the bread? You already barely getting any bread and you want to fuck it up some more. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, for me, I think that this is, I think everything you guys said really is, it makes some good points. And I think that based, just listening to the podcast, listening to Joe, listening to the audio, listening to Sin, um, as Joe would put it, Joe feels like when Sin was doing that, uh, when Sin recorded that conversation, I think, Flo, you make a good point about why record it in the first place it's one thing if somebody was in the room and recorded it and then you got that audio and somehow your friend got the audio but you're recording a conversation and i guess the way you perceived it flow is she seemed like she was leading him into saying certain things a certain type of way exactly um i haven't heard it so i can't i won't make a judgment on it but um if you were to listen to joe he said that she was in a vulnerable space and they both were looking to hurt each other so I could very well see um, her being in a space where she wanted to add some shit on his name. <clears throat> um, and the only reason why I say that is because the court documents is where the whole dog thing really blew up. So what happened was along about, I want to say maybe three, four months ago. No, it was longer than that. About a year ago. Um Rory got a dog and brought the dog on the show. So as they talking and having conversation about dogs, um, Joe says, oh, Rory, I know you're not a real dog lover because you don't even know that they like to be loved down there while he's tickling Rory's dog. Um, and so they run with this narrative. Uh, Rory, the him fuck? and Maul. They they all go on and they're like, yo, Joe, you're nuts for even saying that. Da, da. And he's like, what? What? He's like, yo, dogs, you know, they they like that, da, 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 whatever. So uh, it was supposed to be a joke, but I can very well see why people would look at it and say, whether it was a joke or not, it's, it's a weird place to go down, a weird road to, to go down. Um, and then uh, in the court documents, Sin brought up in trying to get custody of Lex that 
Joe plays with dogs or Joe allegedly uh, masturbates his dog. I think she got that from the podcast. I don't think she actually saw him do something like that. I think that <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm keeping it a stack, what I think happened is what people don't understand is that these lawyers are the ones that tend to get you or ask you to say wild shit about the other person. Because that makes it their job easier for you, especially in custody cases. In custody and divorce cases, lawyers tend to be the ones that'll say, yo, we found this audio of Joe on the podcast talking about uh, masturbating a dog. Do you want to use this in court to make sure that you get Lex? If we use this audio, 100%, you're probably going to get custody of your child. I don't see a judge not allowing you to keep your child when we have this audio. Do you want us to put it in court? And if someone's mad enough at you, yeah, fuck it, do it. And I think a lot of times what ends up happening, what we don't really take notice of is that the lawyers are are usually the ones that push their client to kind of say or do wild things or introduce certain uh, articles into the conversation and I don't necessarily know if Sin wanted that to be the case or if it was like, you know what, if this is what's going to get me my child, Joe has a better lawyer, Joe has more money, but I got his temper and I got him saying wild flagrant shit on his show on my side, I'm going to use it. That's how I see it. I'm going to just leave yeah, my real I comment guess. off the podcast, man. This, this, that shit I don't like, boy. This... Yo, I, I I I think it's about to be over for the Joe Budden podcast. I'm sorry. I, I think it's about to be over. I don't think so. They have way too much of a loyal fan base. It'll never be over for them at this point. Um, and, and he's he's mentioned that his deals have not been affected. Yes. Um, I, I, I feel like if anything, he might have been slowed down a little bit, but I don't really see that going anywhere um anytime soon his his fanship is too loyal so, so let me rephrase what the fuck i'm saying i think it's over for the joe budden podcast and the way it was being produced certain things that he's probably not gonna touch on moving forward and depending on how his mental will be affected by all of this because this is far from over this is just the beginning of a long 2021 for Mr. Joseph Budden. I think um, you might be correct. I think it was a wake-up call as to how big he's getting and the podcast itself is getting. Because the bigger you get, the the more censored you end up being because you end up having more eyes and ears on your content. So you can't get away with saying some shit that maybe your immediate fan base understood to be a joke or to be you or whatever when now it's getting mainstream and somebody who never listened to the show doesn't know your personality doesn't know who you are decides to take a listen in on this particular episode and you're talking some wild flagrant shit so i think for him you might be right in terms of he's probably going to relook at certain things that he's that he's willing to discuss and i don't think he's going to change the format but i think that 
like you said, he might start talking about certain things in a different light. There might be certain jokes that they're more uh they they're more likely to edit now. They might leave the raw shit for the live shows and leave the podcast to be more mainstream. Unfortunately, that's the that's the reality of blowing up. You got to censor certain things. It's true cuz not everybody's going to understand your heart in the beginning. Damn. And if you I'm going to have a turn, I'm going to have a real hard time with that when we blow up then. <laughs> I'm going to have a real hard time with that. No argument here. <laughs> I don't even think you will, bro. Because I think as you as you as things progress and you know what you have on the line to lose, you yourself will censor yourself because you will know that you don't want to offend certain brands you're working aside. So I don't think you're gonna have a hard time. I just think that's just the reality of things blowing up. The more people you have around you and the more brands you have invested in you, you're gonna start thinking, well, damn. I have a partnership with so and so. If I say this common right now, this might offend these side, the, you know, those people over on that side. But that's the part I'm talking about. So I don't want to have to think that deep about that. Oh well, that's a that's maturity though. That's maturity, yeah. That's just that's and I just hear what you. Happens as you get older, but the way we are now, if we have to censor certain shit because we're blowing up, the censorship. Follow me, guys. Follow me is going to take away some type of can't even find a word some zest to it the doesn't podcast. have to because i to think what you what you what you would censor isn't isn't your personality but there may be certain topics, topics. that we topic. we just decide not to talk about on said podcast because we know that it's it, the way it may be discussed may be perceived a certain type of way it may go left, it may go right, and instead of us spending time talking about a, a content that either content that we either have to tiptoe around or that we know maybe not in lockstep with uh, the current opinion of many, then it's just easier to be like, "Fuck it, we're not talking about that today." Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fifty-fifty by that. Hence, why earlier a question was asked. And I did something I never did on this podcast. I muted myself and I said nothing. But I think that that's smart, though. <laughs> that is. Yeah, I mean, look, think about even even people, even the ones we look up to who are we think are uncensored, like a Charlemagne. He's actually pretty censored, bro. No, he's, he's censored now. I feel like when he first started, he was not censored at all. But also when, when he first started, it was a different time. That is true, too. That's true. That is true. You know, like it was a little bit, you could say some wild shit and you still might get a little bit of backlash, but there was no such thing as canceling. There was right. no such yep. such thing as a brand is now going to drop you because they see you're, you're trending on Twitter for something negative. So like back then he could say all the wild shit he wanted to. He might get some backlash for a day or two and then he'd be right he back at it. Pushing. You know I mean, saying? yo, I was watching separate from the, our current conversation. I was wanted to say is I was watching the game. Y'all remember that show, the game, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I was watching that shit, and I I laughed. It was it's a great show, and I remember why I used to love watching it. But the shit they would do on that show, bro, it couldn't be done in 2020. But that show was also from like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. But the certain things that they would have on the show, some of the dialogue, some of the way it was presented. It couldn't have been done. That show have been canceled left, right, center, upward, downward. Backlash in every probably two minutes. 
every two in one episode would have seven backlashes. So it just goes to show you where we are right now and the hypersensitivity that's happening right now. And I don't mean hypersensitivity to offend anyone. It's just that everybody feels the right, like they shouldn't be offended. With no matter what subgroup you come from, what part of the what 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 race you come from, what your orientation is, everyone wants to feel respected. You know what it and is? Think, the, you know how I look at it, bro? Mm-hmm. I think everybody feels entitled to everything. And I think what people need to understand is certain content and certain things maybe just not are for you. So if you're if you're offended by someone like a Dave Chappelle who literally the brand is to offend as a joke, then you just have to understand you don't you Dave Chappelle isn't for you. But you don't then have to go and say Dave Chappelle is a bigot. Dave Chappelle is this. Dave Chappelle is that. Because that's what his brand is. He offends everybody. So once you realize what the person's brand is, (laughs) you can just make a conclusion. You know what? This this nigga ain't for me. I don't like his type of jokes. That's like me going in front of a Burger King show and being like, you slaughter pigs, you slaughter pigs and cows. And, uh, and they sell burgers. It's like standing out there with a sign is like redundant. It's like, why would you do that when you know what they do? That's their brand. That, that's, that's their what brand. You know what you to do? Sell, you don't support it by don't give them your money. Get, exactly. Simple as that. I never understood that concept. It's like people who go and throw blood or whatever on fur skin is like, it's you don't have to do it. You feel me? If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. What that person choose to do with their life, if it's not getting involved or hampering what the fuck you got to do, then keep it fucking pushing. And, and I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that social awareness isn't a thing. And if you can write a little think piece about why you don't deal with Dave Chappelle, but I think the demonization of certain things, especially when you take it out of character and out of context, I think that that's where we go wrong as a society. If you want to write a think piece about, yo, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle is a successful comedian um, and he has a large followership, but this is why I don't really deal with him um, is because that brand of comedy doesn't really sit well with me. Cool. That's what Twitter's for. Think pieces, whatever. But to be like, he's a piece of shit. He's this, he's that um, with, with him or any other brand. I'm just using him as an example, not necessarily saying that I agree with everything Dave Chappelle does. But if you don't deal with that brand, then you just don't deal with it. Not everything is for everybody. And I think we used to understand that, but now we're in a space where we feel entitled to everything. Oh, it's out there, so I get to say something about it. Which you do, but is it always necessarily needed or worth it? No, because this guy's going to say it. We're We're in a society that's, too fucking sensitive that, that that's it everybody feels like i think if they don't agree with what the fuck this other person is doing they don't have to know them or like them if they don't agree with what they're doing that gives them uh this this newfound privilege to be like we're gonna cancel them we're gonna find out everything about them find out what school they went to what they did when they was in school what people they dated what job they had and then we're gonna destroy them bit by bit cancel culture that's where we are that's where all of us are that's where the podcast world is we're, I, we're I cancel believe, culture I, that's where we are. I, I don't believe in uh, what i will say is i don't think cancel culture is wrong i just think people are doing it for 
for unnecessary reasons. Every little thing. It's like it's like one. It's like blatant hate and discrimination. Yes. Cancel that motherfucker. Cancel that motherfucker right then and there. Some nigga says some shit wrong ten years ago, and you know that's not the life they're living currently. You're bugging out. You're you're bugging. You're, you're, you're dragging it. Yeah. You're doing too much. You feel yeah. me? Like certain things that people get canceled for are just like word that that's what you're trying to cancel this nigga for. Some shit that that he doesn't even I you know live by currently. You feel me? I'm not saying it's like like I said, you have to pick pick the right things. You feel me? If if I meet an ex Ku Klan Klux member who used to fucking hang dudes from trees, you can never forget that. No matter how you live in your life right now, I ain't putting that past you. You feel me? But at the same time, if I'm you not out there I'm trying to change a bunch of other change. Ku Klux Klan members into uh, understanding why they they what they're doing is wrong, wrong. I'm not going to cancel you. I'm not going to. Why you trying to do? The work. Am I going to keep a close eye on him? Sure. Am I going to fuck with a... you the long way? Nah. I, nah. I probably can't nah. fuck with you. I probably will never be able to find it in my heart to fuck with you the long way. But if I realize that you lived this past and you're using that now to better the future, why am I, why am I bringing up what you used to do in your past to cancel what you're doing in the future? It's different if it's like, yo, do you know his history? And for whatever reason you feel is relevant for me to know homeboy's history, cool. But to be like, yo, he shouldn't do the work because he used to do this. And it's like, well, maybe he should be doing the work because he used to do that. Yeah. And I guess it for me depends. If you used to hang niggas from trees back in the day, I don't know. If you went to a few Ku Klux, a few KKK rallies and now you're just like, nah, I don't fuck with them no more. It's a different type of... It's two different comparative things. You feel I me? Mean? Like, yes, you know, maybe that was a point in your life where you felt that you could find some sort of way through them. But if you realize that what they were doing is dumb shit too and you decide that that's not the life you're living no more, then cool. Versus ones who were actively doing wild shit but trying to reform their lives for whatever reason. And you still try to give them the benefit of that. But like you said, I don't have to fuck with you like that. But... I feel like people are just being canceled for like really small minor things just because someone want to call them out. And I'm just like, it's not necessary. You're, you're canceling for the wrong reason. And now we're at a point where now we're having this conversation where it should be okay to cancel people who are doing walkie pataki shit, but they done abused it so much that now we got to question why the cancel has to happen. It's like cry wolf. Yeah, everything, every group that assumes power gets drunk off the power at some point. It happens all the time, and then they start to abuse the power and don't realize that they're abusing the power. Well, shit, nigga, when is it going to happen for us black people? Goddamn, son. Like, we, we've been trying to get a little bit of this power for the longest. I mean, yeah, and I think that the tricky part is with black people everything is a branding thing so they've branded listen racists have branded the fuck out of racism and i think that that's where we're at is they found a way to brand it so that if we complain about shit we uh are just not taking responsibility 
they branded it so that if we're not complaining about shit, then we are complacent with how things are. Uh, they branded it that if we get killed on camera, it's something that gets circulated. You don't see no white people getting killed on camera often because that's some shit that uh, Facebook will will take off in five seconds. But let a, a police officer shoot, which, listen, I want to see the videos because I need to know the shit is happening. But in the same breath, it's like the violence against black people has always been celebrated and or deemed okay to be watched. But violence against anybody else is removed in 2.3 seconds. You're not going to see no shit like that. You're not going to hear no shit like that. And that's all and, branding. And what we black people have to realize that the content isn't being put out there just for us to see. And I want, I don't let that go over your heads, the listeners. But the way I said it is the way I said it. The content is being put out there not just for us black people to see. Trust yeah. me. The yeah. audience is bigger than us. We're outraged, but there's a big audience that are, that is taking pleasure in watching that too. So just yeah. keep that in mind. I mean, look at what happened with George Floyd, RIP. We're outraged. We over here like, nah, we got to rally. We got to do this. We got to do that. And then there's videos that surface of white people kneeling on every motherfucker they know's neck like it's a game. In dorm rooms, laughing, talking about I'm doing the George Floyd. Having fun. And then you, uh, it's it's crazy where we are with it because then you 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 look at the the y'all saw the shit with the Chiefs game, yeah. And that shit, that shit just puts everything into perspective for me. There's no flag involved. There's no kneeling happening. These niggas is locking arms and standing in unity, and these niggas still find a way to boo. If that don't bring shit into perspective for a lot of people. I don't know what will. And that's not planned. That's not people there being like, well, we're just going to do this for the hype. You're talking about 30,000 people at a game. Was it 30? No, I'm lying to you. It was 18 or 17,000 something. So it was like that. Cause it was, but still, you're talking about close to 20,000 people. And that booing didn't sound like a couple hundred. No. So, and, you, and you can't. What are you booing for? That that that's the question. And when and when you come to the answer, there's only one answer. So when you come to the conclusion of what the answer is, it lets you know exactly where this country is when it comes to race relations. I don't know about y'all, son, but if I was in the stands of that shit, I would have felt weird as fuck. <laughs> I'd have been, been like, asking niggas, what are you booing for? <laughs> like it, it it lets me know everything. Texans versus Chiefs. First of all, there's a lot going on there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, cool. And y'all decide when the players decide they want to lock arms in unity, it's announced over the PA, yo, we already did the national anthem. We told everybody don't kneel. Yo, uh, we already displayed the flag. We told people don't kneel. But now what we're doing, because we realize that social justice is an issue and we need to work on it, we're going to stand in silence for a couple of seconds and we're going to stand locked armed. And people look at that and say, why? What the fuck? And start booing. That tells me, you know, 
that what you're booing is racial equality and racial justice. That's that that's that's it. You you know exactly what the fuck is going on. It's not because of nobody's flag, not because of the military, not because of the anthem. It's because you don't like seeing black people speak up and say they have a problem with the current stature of the country. And that's weird and fucked up. It's nasty. It's it's bad, bro. That shit turned my stomach when I heard that. I was just like, wow. And that's this is that was Cle- that, they were in Cleveland, right? I don't even know. Cleveland Chiefs in, probably. Let me see where that game was. But it wasn't in a like predominantly white city, bro. That's urban. If it was in Cleveland, it's a very urban city. The listeners so, know distinguishes silence. They know I'm speaking volumes. I'm tired. Is it Cincinnati Chiefs? I think it's Cincinnati Chiefs. Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati Chiefs. But isn't since uh, well, Cincinnati's in Ohio. That's kind of I don't know. Well, uh 50 Cent was in your hood, distinguished. Yes, he was. Shout out to 50. GG unit. 50 was definitely right down a block from a motherfucking crib at the Burger King. I'm not gonna say where I'm at, but he was at the Burger King somewhere over there. You know what I mean? Uh and uh, yeah, fifty. In my opinion, I was trying to count. Fifty gave away close, close to a good twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Easy, mm. easy. Um, How does that make you feel, brother? It made me feel good. Um, a, a part of it, to be honest, was like, oh, this makes up for all of six nines bullshit. Okay, all right, this, this, this makes sense. <laughs> this makes sense. Okay. Well, speaking of six nine, has been fishing for niggas to interview him he went to the joe budden podcast he went to another podcast he went called to the shade million room million dollars worth of game and then he landed on the shade room who actually took his interview i must say that interview was probably the worst recorded audio and video interview i have seen in the longest time the shit looked ghetto as fuck his fucking lace front looked ghetto yo he um, looked crazy he he looked but crazy. In the interview, he talks about putting hands on his girlfriend at the time. Yes, he did. Um, he he tries to justify uh, how how he did that by f- telling people he found out she was sleeping with one of the the people he was cool with, and he found out through this long, exaggerated, drawn out story of him. Asking dude if he could see his phone for a second and all this other extra shit. Listen, I've been telling y'all from the longest. I've been saying it. I knew that this nigga was going to come out. There was going to be a big bang effect. And then his shit was going to just sizzle out. His career is dwindling towards being over. That That's what it's looking like. None of us care. But yeah, that's... <laughs> pretty much where I mean I do I do care because of the broader implications the broader implications of listen to all you clout chasing people all of y'all that think that the best way to get on is to clout chase and I do realize that that has been dying as of late I haven't been seeing people do that as much but for those who still deem that they can go and do some really wacky wild stuff and because it it'll have shock value added to it that that's the best way to get on uh nikki s says it the best shout out to nikki s but 
that can only last for so long. And I, you, you either are going to have two effects. People are going to, they're, they're, and they're going to just be desensitized to what you're doing and, or they're going to know that it's a gimmick and you're just doing stuff over and over. And yeah, you might have a social media presence, but when your music comes out and you only sell 45,000 when you're supposed to be projected to be up there battling with, uh, whoever 300,000 selling artists then it's time for you to hang it up you know what i'm saying you only selling 45 you you went up against big sean big sean beat you out with units sold and it just wasn't a wise matchup in the first place but whatever you did that you lost out you're desperate you just need to hang it up uh shout out to shout out to sales really quick Breakfast Club reported it, and I'm just here to repeat the facts, because I've been Googling shit. Shout out to Lil Baby, the only artist in 2020 that has gone two times platinum. Congratulations. Thus far, yeah. That says a lot for hip-hop. Well, speak- says a lot. Speaking of Breakfast Club, let's get into the Charlemagne and the Black Effect podcast network. How y'all feeling about that? Uh yeah, I think it is a um very strategic move. This kind of makes Joe Budden's whole thing he did the other day look wild, but he didn't know. Um because Charlemagne is a mastermind. <laughs> we, we like like we have to look at his last few moves. This is what Charlemagne has been trying to give niggas. His first move that he didn't, that none of us really saw, was when he was like, you know what? I'm going to become a motherfucking author. When he actually was talking about putting out the book, I was like, there's something that's about to happen. I don't know what, but he's letting niggas know he's about to shift gears. Okay? That was, that was the first thing. The second thing was, we talked about it on the podcast. We were talking about his contract about to be up. So we were trying to figure out where the fuck he going to go. That's move number two. Okay. I'm positioning myself to get the fuck out of here. I've been here for a very long time. I've given them, in the words of Drizzy Drake, in the fucking pop star video, what more does he want? I've given him all I had. (laughs) I've given Khaled everything. You know, he's given the breakfast. He's the reason why the breakfast club is the breakfast club. Let's not act like it's Angela Yee. And DJ Envy assisting Charlemagne. No, but Charlemagne assisting them. Okay? And number three, this is probably the biggest move. You know what? I'm, I might consider jumping into a, a late night talk show as a host. He's, he's setting it up for niggas. By the way, he did put out another book right after he put out The Black Privilege. More of the story is he was setting himself up. So for him to do the podcast, um, going to the podcast lane in terms of building a network, that is, nigga, king me. That's the king me move. King me. That, that's, that's the king me move. I actually feel a little different about it, to be honest. Okay. I think um, I admire everything that Charlemagne has done thus far. I think every point that you made is um, adequate. And I think that he did put a little bit of a blueprint out there for this age of media personalities where 
media personalities are almost as celebrated as the artists and as some of the more famous individuals. They're not second tier anymore. Back in the day, the DJs were second tier to the artists. Now it's like you can see a Charlemagne and a Jay-Z in the same room and you're automatically thinking power moves. You're not sitting there thinking like, oh, that's just the radio personality trying to look like he's somebody. I think that that's the difference right now in terms of the age. And I think that all of the moves that Charlemagne has done has shown us that that is how you can kind of get there. When it comes to the Black Effect podcast, I think this is consumer facing PR. And I think it's nothing more than that. I feel like the pot. So it's being touted as an all black podcast network with Charlemagne seemingly the face of the network as if he is the owner of the network. But that's not the case. The case really and truly is he is partnered with iHeart. And Joe Budden actually made a good point the other day on his podcast, and we'll get to Joe in a second, where he said, well, if you're partnered with iHeart as a 50-50 owner, but iHeart owns all of the studios, iHeart owns all of the mics, iHeart owns all of the equipment, how are you really the owner? Or or how are you really, you may be part-time in name, but if they decide to cut you out at some point, you brought all the talent. But now that the talent is there, my nigga, if you decide to leave, some of that talent is staying there because they like whatever deal that they got set up. So you might get etched out and you don't necessarily own it because if iHeart decides they want to do some funny business, they can do that and you don't really have much leverage to combat that. So I think there's a distinction there because although Joe does look like he got edged out, like Charlemagne has won this battle because it it seems to be no secret now that both of them were looking to create a podcast network that was tailored to and focused on black creatives. So both of them were looking to do that. Charlemagne looks like he got to that destination first, but with Joe pointed out which I think is important for everybody to understand is Joe was looking to do to build a network that he owned and that black people were employed under a black person so a a real true all black owned network and what Charlemagne has done is partnered with white people and brought black talent to the white company essentially And yes, he is an owner, but in essence, this is the same type of partnership deal that we've seen over and over again. This is BET and Viacom. Pretty much. So we know how BET and Viacom went. When they ready to, to, Charlemagne, quote unquote, ready to move on, they go ahead and and keep uh, consumer facing and put another black face there. But iHeart is still controlling all the strings. So I just think that we have to see how this plays out. I know that Charlemagne has a lot of faith in iHeart because they treated him well um, to some extent. Um, But 
to me, I'm like, this isn't the chess move that is being touted to be. So that that's my only separation from your point of view. But I, it doesn't take away from what he did. This is still a big deal. To be honest now, now that I've just heard what you said, sounds like a dick contest. Sounds like, let's see who gets to the vagina first. Um, and the reality is, if these motherfuckers were smart, they would have just came together. That's Absolute, all the fuck I, I got to say. I agree with that 100%. Man, that's all the fuck I got. It, it just it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay, just No, you, you, mean, make, you make the best point. And at the end of the day, we got to look at it like this. So as long as black ownership doesn't exist in the upper top tier companies, we don't have a choice but to cut these partnership deals with these companies because at the end of the day, even if Charlemagne decided he wanted to open up or start his own distribution firm and put the content out, let's say him and Joe did partner up, the content is still being sourced through certain streaming platforms. The only way that would work is if some one of our upper echelon black people start, like let's say they partnered with Tidal and they released the, the podcast network through Tidal. I think, I think the only the difference there is what's happening in the podcasting space is black creatives have dominated it. The we only are. one out, out, outside of black people that's killing the game is Joe Rogan. Right. After Joe Rogan, I would say it's like the Joe Budden podcast. And then you got you got all the other ones that got horrible decisions. You got brilliant idiots. You have all these other Jesus and Mero, all black creatives. So I think right now we have the best leverage to have our own and then partner with a a, a white owned company, but it's still at least the network itself is free of the ownership of the company right now basically what what's happening is it's it's pr it's branding it's branded as all black but it's still owned by white people essentially well so i think that's the only difference it, it it's time for us to take this podcast to the next level moving forward ladies and gentlemen oh you've heard it here first Anytime we see major people like this on platforms dealing with podcasting issues, because we are podcast personalities, instead of talking about them like this behind the microphones, I'm just going to start tagging niggas in long-ass posts telling them really how I feel. Joe Budden, Charlemagne, both of y'all acting like little kids. You should have came together. And did this instead of trying to, quote unquote, do it first. Because mm. sometimes it's not about who does it first. Sometimes it's about who does it right. You brothers didn't do it right. And now you're mad. Well, one of you is mad. The other one feels like they on some shit right now. One of you is mad. The reality is this. If you would have came together, this is what the fuck I would have did. If I'm Joe Budden and I'm talking to Charlemagne and we are in the podcast sector, we're going to schedule some type of private meeting with certain podcasts that we either listen to or we think is on up and up. We're going to have them sign NDAs at this private meeting 
wherever this happens, whatever's said at the meeting stays there, all the ideas, and in a collective, then we will figure out how the network, if it was to become a network, is shaped. And obviously, Charlemagne and Joe would be the CEOs. And the podcasters that are there would be not only contributors, but maybe they would get some shares and portion of the company because it wouldn't just be podcasters. It would be everything that encompasses pod. So it would be people that are into uh, music and audio. So you'd be, you'd be reaching after people like a D flow. You'd be reaching after engineers. You'd be reaching after sand, sound techs, PAs, people who are into film, all coming together for one thing to build the network. No ego, no dick stroking, no fist pumping the network. But you didn't do it. So you're going to hear from my black ass tomorrow. Yeah, I I agree. I think that you you make a valid point by saying that if they would have did it together. Yeah. I mean, obviously there was some, they probably tried it and it failed to do Maybe. it together, but Maybe. but I do feel like a network that was built by the both of them at least or uh, the way it sounds would be something that black creatives would flock to of course and i feel like they would have been fighting for the right things again i do feel like the black effect podcast network is a big deal i'm not diminishing it at all i i just feel like in the same breath joe has a point when he's talking about complete ownership versus partnership with a company those are two different things and he's going for complete ownership and having a network that he owns versus having a network partnered with a company and this all comes from his history of dealing with companies and feeling like the white people never understood it and always told him that he was crazy and then he ends up being right at the end of the day that's what he feels his experience was so I can understand why he's like, no, when I'm talking about black creatives and doing this and doing that, I feel like black people need to be the primary ones involved in that. Um, and that's pretty much what happened with Spotify. A lot of people are thinking that it was about money as to why he's not going back no. to Spotify. It's not about money at all. So the average person, so yeah. the average person is going to think it's about money. We and a lot of our listeners, because we got to give our listeners credit, they know it's not about money. Ultimately, it comes I, down to ownership. Ultim- ultimately, it comes down to who owns what. Because whoever owns what means they own that. 100%. All right, let's see where we at. We are. Let's see. We've given given the good people an hour 46. Uh, you want to wrap up or you want to do one or two more topics? How y'all feeling? Uh, I feel like we could do one or two because my black ass got to wrap up and go to work. Cool. Um, all right. So when we talk about people bringing out different sides of you in relationships, have y'all experienced that? And what does that tend to look like? Uh, for me, toxic. Because this has come about through, of course, the memes have been presented again about Ciara uh, when she was with Future. Yeah, that shit and, just keeps popping up. And how she was presenting herself and I guess looking versus how she is 
with Russell Wilson and um, how she looks now. She looks happy. She's changed the way she's dressed. She changed the content that she likes to kind of speak on and be about as opposed to when she was with Future. She seemed a little unhappy. She dressed a little different and you didn't really hear much from her in general. So have y'all ever been in a situation where you felt like someone brought a, a different side of you and distinguished? You said you have and you felt like they brought a toxic side of you out? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, t- I told you this already. I think this will probably be the first time our listeners hear this. And listeners, probably not going to like me after this. A part of me want to say I really don't give a fuck, but I do because you listen to the podcast <laughs> daily. So I'm not going to go there. But what I will say is that a lot of you will look at me very differently after I say this. So, yeah, I used to date a young lady years ago. And long story short, uh, we had a mutual friend. And uh, this mutual friend was given an assignment. You know, I, I put her on a job. I said, all right, you're going to do this. And you're going to report back to me with what the fuck you find. And basically what she found is she found that the person that I was dealing with was possibly talking or interested in other men. Um, she stalked her. So I told her to follow her and she followed her. Um, and I've never done anything like that in my life. Um, uh, I'm not, not, not proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it because I was right. That doesn't justify <laughs> what I did, but I was right. I had a hunch and the motherfucker was playing me like a fool. So that was toxic because I don't think it should have gone that far. I should not have asked my friend because I potentially put my friend safety in danger because if my friend was exposed and was found knowing the woman i was at the time probably would have fucked her up probably would have well probably i mean just the just the idea of asking is toxic but i you know we all do stupid things and stupid and again i don't think it was a dumb thing but i think that i was in my feelings and i allowed my feelings to get the best of me and i felt even more dumb when she was like, yeah, she is talking to so-and-so. I'm right here. I was like, wow, this, this um, shit hurt. <laughs> it, was, this shit it, was, hurt. it was a dumb thing depending on your perspective. The reason why you wanted it to be done, uh, done isn't, wasn't done. Dumb. Okay. But asking somebody to do that depending on your perspective of that situation could be seen as a, a, a bad choice. But uh, listen, I've, I've made bad, bad choices just like like that depending on who i was dating in terms of like not just like that but in similar vein in terms of like the trust with that person was not there at all and that was the moment i was like yo what the fuck am i doing you know what i'm saying like the the trust was so bad that i was feeling paranoid like like i needed to find out where where they would what they were doing and see where they were going type of situation. And I'm not that type of person at all. Like, that's not even in my vein. I'm I'm the type that's like, yo, if I have full trust in you, I do whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to think that you're going to do something that's going to make me feel some type of way at the end of the day because I'm trusting that you won't. But I had no trust in that person to the point that it was making me that type of individual. And when I started to realize that I was feeling like that, like I was feeling like, Yo, I don't trust this person, so I need to find out on my own. Right. What's going on? I don't trust that they would tell me. I don't I don't trust when they when they do uh offer information. Damn. I was like, nah, I, I gotta leave this whole situation alone. 
Yeah, I, I, that that gets that gets really, 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 really problematic and really hectic really fast if you don't have that level of trust there. Um, hundred percent. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know how to how to say it. I feel like am um, I the only one that did some walkie shit? Like the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you're the you're the only one, bro. You're the only one. That's why. Yeah, I, um, I didn't I didn't do that. That's the the, the mo. <laughs> These the niggas acting like thing, saints. You see how these niggas the got me, The craziest thing I ever did, if you want me to be 100, the craziest thing I ever did was I saw this individual get out of a car. And I was like, whose fucking car is that? So I went and I went to go see if it was a fucking Uber or not. That That's what I I was in my car and I calmly circled the block. <laughs> looked at the license plate and saw that it was a it actually was an uber so that that was when i was like i'm bugging out damn <laughs> this isn't this not this is not healthy and i am going to put myself in timeout that's it. so i saw this person get out the uber Nigga and i said was he like circled the i was like yo this motherfucker don't like they don't know mad niggas. They like they they don't let just anybody drop them off. So whose car is this? All right, cool. Well, I gotta find parking anyway. So uh, let me circle this block real quick. And while I'm circling, let me see what the license plate says. <laughs> Does it have a T in the back? Let me run the license plate real quick. <laughs> Does it have a T for taxi in the back? And it uh it did. And I felt like a big fucking dickhead. I was like, yo, X, what are you doing, son? And I said, you right, X. Never again. And and I have to leave this person all the way alone if I'm this insecure about what's happening um, in the trust factor. I don't have trust enough in this individual at all. So I'm going to leave this whole shit alone. And going back to uh, St. D. Flow. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I haven't, you know, my situation has been, I've been the same woman for mad years, so it's, it's a little bit tricky for me to answer this question. Yeah, it's okay. a little different. Okay. It's a little bit of a different factor, because I haven't had a lot of other toxic relationships with other, I haven't had relationships with no other woman, actually. <laughs> I don't even know what y'all niggas is talking about. Um, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't I've say anything. the same chick. <laughs> This nigga distinguished. This nigga I didn't say anything. So, you better not say nothing, nigga. Um, it's not even. It's not even about that. But on what I will say for people who are in long-term relationships, um, I guess you could say it's just you. You kind of just you. You kind of move along with the tides. It's kind of hard for. It, there's no real easy way for me to give it because everybody's personalities change and people change as time progresses. And I I feel like for me, what it's done not necessarily toxic, but it 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 either brings out one of two things, which is you settle or you become complacent. There's no true such thing. I don't. Be, I don't think at least there is no real such thing as you you kind of just become content and you you start to try to figure things out and move things in a in a, in a certain way but for me personally in my life um at this point in my life I just 
I'm just looking for tranquility, man. Like I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to chill. The less problems, the better. Um, you know, unproblematic everything situations <laughs> is it's like as much as possible and um things can become toxic because you you might realize that you do certain things and things become habits so your toxic your toxic behaviors kind of become part of your bad habits and that person might just become accepting of that and so. and a lot of times like like how this conversation started off it's, it's based off of the individual. You might be the coolest person in the world and you might come across somebody that you decide you want to date that just knows how to push certain buttons in you and and can get you to a point where you yelling and screaming and you've never been that type of person before. The difference is once you come to that realization, you have to understand that you have to let it go because if you're starting to become a more irate person a more aggressive person, a more insecure person, whatever the case is, if that's what you start to become, you're you're starting to play that thin line of that turning you into an abusive person. I'm not saying that that's who you are, but everybody has their limits and sometimes you don't know it until you meet a particular type of personality and then you end up in a space now where now you're you're like going through somebody's phone. Let me go through their phone because yeah. I don't trust um, them. Honestly, if if I if I get to the point in my relationship where I got to start going through my girl's phone or questioning her, everything, I'm personally for me, and I'm just talking for me. At that point, I'm over it. Cause yeah, nah, can't do it. I, that's a level of anxiety I can't deal with. Like niggas, niggas go through their trials and tribulations all the time, but I feel like there's so much stress, other stresses you got to worry about. The one thing I don't want to worry about is worrying now in the back of my head. What is my wife doing? Or what is my girlfriend doing? Who's she talking to? Is she talking to this nigga right now? Like, I don't got time and their patience and none of that, bro. Like, I feel nah. like if I got to go through all of that, then, you know, we got to come to that. And it's funny because I ain't going to sit here and be like, I'm the most perfect nigga. I've done a lot of wacky shit throughout my relationship where my trust has had to been questioned a few times. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've been perfect or whatever. But at the same time, I know that stress that comes with not that person not trusting me for these particular reasons. And I know what headache that comes with. And I'm still fighting some of those battles now. And I feel like what's important is for me to also come to a realization of how I can I fix those particular things. And what you could do in looking at the person and realizing the type of people you're dealing with. A lot of people jump into relationships and they refuse to acknowledge the person they're dealing with, even though mm. they've shown them their true colors. Mm. And that shit and that, is... That goes on both sides of it. Like in terms both of, sides of the fence, like, bro. Niggas do it all the time and women do it all the time. But what I mean by that too is sometimes a person refuses to acknowledge the good aspects of somebody because... That is true too. They are so stuck in and they're so used to dealing with negative people. So they can't even mm-hmm. acknowledge, yo, the good this dude someone. goes out of his way all the time to make sure I'm good. It gets internalized as, yo, this nigga is a sucker. I could take advantage of him. I don't really like that. And so nothing positive that this person has done is internalized that way. So just as you can look at somebody and and... Take what they're doing and be like, damn, 
You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm not internalizing it the appropriate way in the in the negative. Like it can be done on the on the positive end of it too. But that's that's a big part of the reason why a lot of people can't thrive in certain relationships, bro. They have a hard time acknowledging good in people. A lot of people are very bitter to the point where they can't even accept when someone just genuinely checks in on them, when someone genuinely cares about their well-being. All of a sudden, oh, he's a sucker. Oh, he's too clingy. Or she's too clingy. Or her, or, or she's too, you know, she's always wants attention or these different things. And, you know, or, you know. Me, a lot of people a, have mm-hmm. a hard time acknowledging people for who they are, period. They They tend to make these caricatures of people so when you're with someone that's negative you're dressing them up to make them seem positive when you're with someone that's positive you're dressing them down to make them negative and it depends on your trauma whatever trauma. it depends on your trauma i'm a i'm a huge believer it depends on your past trauma and a lot of men and women the trauma surfaces in phases Depending on how long you're with that person, that trauma tends to re- to surface in small phases, and it's how you adapt and tolerate, or be willing to tolerate, or just be willing to understand. Because once you get to the root of the trauma, you're good at that point. Because once you get to the root of it, you could progress and and embark on something even better. So, uh, relationships are complicated, people. It ain't, it ain't easy. There's no step-by-step rule book to it. You really got to just go through the trials and tribulations and have an open mind and make your... And like what Distinguish is doing, he's making his stance on what he's willing to deal with. You feel I me? Mean? If you're honest with yourself, at least try to be as honest with yourself. You can make good strides because then you can start eliminating what's not necessary and really get to the people you really want to deal with. And that's, that's how you might find happiness. You might. Because I don't know. Still got work to do. There's still, still always work. work to do. Facts. Distinguish, what's the tough knot? In the words of a great poet, you can't please everybody all the time. And what would dad say? Dad would say, let it go. In the great words of <laughs> Elsa. <laughs> sometimes you definitely have to let it go sometimes you're holding on to something that just isn't for you for whatever reason you've convinced yourself that is your one and only thing that you will not get something better you will not be able to obtain something greater and a lot of times that is just you and your mental tricks on yourself if something isn't working if something is making you unhappy is making you cry upset angry feeling low more than it's making you feel happy then it's time for it to go. I don't care if it's the baddest chick that you think you've ever come across. I don't care if it's the most money that you think you've ever come across. Whatever have you, if it's not making you happy, let it go. This has been another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties.